Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. As we said today, football is back. We get to talk to our guy Jeff from the Bears blog. We get to just basically talk everything that's going on because it's been a crazy couple of days. It's good. We have a full house today. Tony's Wi-Fi is acting up, so he'll probably come on and come off like Tony's Wi-Fi does. Um, but to be fair, he's not at home. He is in a hotel, so we'll we'll give him a break today. No, Adam, Corey, Anthony, how are you guys doing, first of all? All good, my man. All good, all good. Training camp is actually started, so happy days. Yeah. Football's actually Let here. Let us roll. Jeff, how are you doing? It's been, a, it's been a while since we've gotten to chat. I see you have a nice can of Bud Light there. Enjoying the afternoon. How are you doing? Miller. It's Miller. Oh, Miller Light. Let's, Very nice. Let's get, our, let's get our lights right. Uh, I am doing well. <laughs> I I, uh, I do not share the sentiment that I'm excited for training camp. So I, I <laughs> find this to month and a half excruciating and mm. all the bullshit we have to wade through for weeks and weeks and fans telling me that wide receiver seven is going to be the star of the year that he doesn't make the fucking team. Rodney Adams last year. Oh, Rodney Adams is coming. The guy didn't play a snap at the NFL last year. And I had to hear about him for six weeks. That's all it's going to happen. None of it matters, but you know, get excited. Why not? Happy Wednesday! <laughs> listen, listen, that's become my role in Twitter. I am, I am the, I am the, the I am the fly in the ointment of Twitter. Of Bears Twitter. Hey, everybody wants to get excited. Get excited. You should get whatever gets you excited. The world is falling apart around us. If you get excited by training camp, get excited. Whatever gets you happy, go for it. Uh, there's very little to be happy about on this planet. So if you can find something, you're one step ahead. This is true because we've said this that often uh, sport helps us kind of get through some of this kind of crappy time. And look, the one thing that I will say is that there's actual like football storylines to be able to follow. Not like the last, like what was it? Four or five, six weeks where it's literally just bullshit story after bullshit story. At least now we get to see the guys out there, see how it shakes up. But look, we've always mentioned over the last couple of weeks that one of the most important stories that's going to come out of training camp is always going to be around the offensive line. We saw that today. We saw, again, like we're going to see probably on a daily basis now, people freak out. That's why I tweeted out how great would it have been if Iberflus just played all the rookies on the, first, on the starting offensive line just to fuck with everybody. That would have been really, really good. But look, it is good to be able to talk here. Adam, I'm going to bring you in first because it's been a while since we've had a, a nice little chat. It's been about a week now. Um, so we saw the Bears bring in two offensive linemen, Michael Schofield. Yes, not the dude from Prison Break, although that was a very nice series. <laughs> just going just gonna to put that out there. He doesn't have hot tattoos all over his body. It's like a nice um, metaphor, though, the breaking from prison as a Bears fan. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, we, we hope. And uh, then Riley Reef as well has come in. So what were your thoughts on, on these? We had a, a show earlier on the week talking about kind of Schofield, but then Riley Reef just a couple, what was it, maybe 24, 48 hours later, gets signed. We find out today from Field Yates that really it's a base salary of about $3 million with a hell of a lot of incentives to get up to that 10 or 12 and a half over one year. And I think the overall right now cap space that the Bears are going to be taking from those two signings is a mere $4 million for possibly two starters in that offensive line. Yeah, and the the thing that is nice about that is, you know, the incentives in the contract are very likely to be reached. So 
there's not much that you can do about that. But at least right now, that cap hit is small. So if there is that surprise cut or a move they need to make, they've got a lot of room to do it. And, you know, they're not big names that are going to make you contenders, make you start winning football games. But you spent basically $4 million in base salary up front for two guys who instantly make your line at least a little bit better. Um, you know, we're talking on our prediction about the offensive line. Could it be Braxton Jones? Could it be, you know, at left tackle? Who could it be? And now you've at least got two veterans you're bringing in who have tangibly succeeded in the league to help anchor that line and hopefully keep your quarterback upright. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is really important that you kind of, we kind of bring in these veteran guys because I think it's important, right? You get these two guys in and it gives the guys you drafted, or even if you want to talk about Borum or Jenkins, a little bit of time to develop in the system. You don't want to be pushing in a rookie if they're not ready, but the Bears were pretty much an injury away to from having to do that, or even not even an injury away from having to do that. And look, Corey, I wanted to bring you in because you made a very good point today. When we were doing all of our predictions on this, you started mentioning that uh, Sam Mustafer may be starting at right guard. Cue the absolute outrage today when he was still at right guard. It granted, Schofield was not playing in team drills. Neither was Riley Reef. And I think everybody just had a complete panic attack when that happened. But you had a, you got to go on your little high horse for a day. So how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely taking my opportunity. I'm going to rub it in your faces for just a little bit. He was starting at right guard. I knew it clearly. Oh. <laughs> no, but uh, Iberflus even said in his press conference today, right? Like they're going to be moving guys all around. They're going to be swapping them in and out. They're going to be moving guys inside. They're going to be moving guys outside. He didn't even confirm that Lucas Patrick is the center and Cody Whitehair is the left guard. You know, he, he basically said that the entire line is up for grabs, which is what you want. You want a actual competition at every single spot, especially on your offensive line. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit Toot toot. <laughs> that Mustafer was starting at right guard today. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is an important. Look, Jeff, I do want to get your opinion on this in terms of what they've done this week, in terms of bringing in two veterans. Before, there was a lot of, I guess, people were kind of freaking out over the offensive line, not knowing what was going to happen. Do you think it's important that they brought in two veterans heading into camp to at least compete in those positions? And look, if a rookie wins the job, they win it by merit, and it's not just they getting up the numbers in those positions. I think it was essential. I mean, I don't think they had five offensive linemen on the roster. I don't think they had five starters on the roster. And I think they were well aware of that coming out of the, the mini camps. Um, their biggest problem right now is they don't have any clue what to do with Tevin Jenkins. They just don't. They don't know where to put him. They don't know where to play him. They want to slide him inside. They're not sure he fits the scheme inside. They're now talking about him as a swing tackle. I mean, this guy's a second-round draft pick last year. And – this, this coaching staff seems to have very little use for him early. Now, they go into the season with, call it Braxton or Borum on the left, Whitehair, Patrick, Schofield, Reef. That is about as mediocre or, or sub-mediocre an offensive line as you can have. That's a huge improvement from what they were two days ago, which was they had three or four guys who could just be turnstiles. And you know Riley Reef's going to get premier pass rushers are going to eat him up. But how many is he going to face? Three or four? So – you look at the line now, at least you're not panicked about a quarterback laying on his back every week and not able to make certain plays in the system that we need to see him make. 
And I think they've made really smart decisions here. Schofield, by the way, in his pressure was unbelievable today. He was hysterical, local kid, uh, really thrilled to be playing for the Bears. Said he wanted to be a wide receiver. Even when he was younger, became a booker. When you look at the guy, it is insane that he said that. Um, but yeah, I think these were pivotal moves. But the best case scenario for a Bears fan, the best case is that Reef and, and Schofield have very minimal impact on this team and that these young players come out and win the job. The best case scenario for the Bears fan is that Tevin Jenkins finds a role and gets himself onto that starting five. And I think the Bears want to see him be a little bit tougher and fight for it and win that job. And right now the concern is that he just might not have a spot in that five. But they're a better offensive line today than they were two days ago. And that's a, that's a very positive thing for Justin Fields. Yeah, Anthony, I want to bring you in on, on that last point about Tevin Jenkins because we've gone through a roller coaster when we talk about Tevin Jenkins. The highs of when he was drafted – gets injured, kind of comes back as the kind of in-your-face moment in the season. And then really this this can't be – he has been kind of with that second team. People thought, oh, they're just going to switch them around and Tevin's going to come in and, and fight for that. So he starts off campaign on that kind of swing tackle role right now. But again, it's, it's one day of camp. He has time to prove himself. What's your thoughts on Tevin Jenkins going into this where – it looks like he is the odd man out right now. Do you think that he has, I guess, the ability and the mentality to go in and, and kind of make it? It's day one of camp. So don't forget that. I don't even think they put pads on yet. I could be wrong, but I don't think pads have gone on yet. That's that Saturday, yeah. Saturday. So, so let's see that. I get the point. I get the worry. You'd want him to have been settled in because not only, I know Jeff said he was a second-round pick, he was, he was projected as being a first-round pick. So this was the guy that everyone was thinking was going to be our left tackle or right tackle for next 10, 15 years with Justin Justin behind him. So that's that is worrying without a doubt. But I think what's interesting is that they're they're putting that pressure on the players now. And they're almost using Tevin Jenkins as an example. If you don't want it enough, if you don't want to be here, and I'm not saying he doesn't, don't get me wrong, like no idea. It's as I said, it's day one of camp. But if you don't want it enough or you're not ready to go, then then it's going to be pointed out. I think Jalen Johnson in his presser yesterday made a, made the exact same point. He said every single player in that locker room has already been called out by by either a coach or by the head coach. And he, if memory served me right, back in the other camp, he was he wasn't even in the first at, at one point. And I think what they're what really is saying is that these coaches, again, it's what I've said all along. Adults are in the room. They seem very much focused on what are the five best offensive linemen that we can find in our team right now. And if we can't find them with the guys we have right now, then we need to get somebody else in. Tevin Jenkins needs to fight for this place, just like everybody else does. The only exception in this team is Justin Fields. Again, you can make a point for Oquan, I get all that, but realistically, the only person in this team that's guaranteed week one starting, definitely, that is going to play is Justin Fields. And the coaching ticket are going to work around that and say, if you are if you perform, you get a chance. I really think if you're a rookie going into this, you can see yourself actually starting week one. And I think that's that's really well played by this coaching ticket as a whole, including the GM, to create that culture within the organization. Guys, oh, yeah. I wrote something. I wrote something either yesterday or maybe it's going in tomorrow. I don't know what the hell I'm writing anymore. But the, uh, the one thing I heard from ownership-adjacent folks – towards the end of last season was they saw a lack of integrity when it came to the roster. 
They didn't understand why Allen Robinson was out there getting playing time when he had no interest in playing football. They didn't understand how Mario Edwards could continually uh, make the same mistakes and cause the same penalties egregiously and yet still got put out there. And when they made the decision to fire Nagy, it was so much about that as much as all the other shit that's come. But they, there, were, there was people in that owner's box going, why, why are we watching the same thing every week with no accountability and no change? And very clearly, Polls hate, hated the roster, but very clearly, Flus hated the culture. Yeah. And that is all this has been about now for a few months here, which is we're going to instill a whole new way of doing things. And if you're not on board with that, and we didn't draft you. We don't give a shit if you want to play with us or not. We'll get rid of you. We'll show you we'll get rid of you. And they've, they've basically been on that path. So I think the Jalen Johnson quote is the last damning uh, piece of punctuation to the Nagy era. We now move on to this era. And I think I think you're right. I think Kevin Jenkins right now is the poster child for this. They They're challenging him to be part of this program. They want him in that starting five on the offensive line but they're not going to give it to him because he was a high draft pick last year. He's going to have to beat these guys out. And listen, the talent is there. If the health is there, he should be able to do it. He really should. Because I mean, I'm going to talk a lot here. They've given a spot to Braxton fucking Jones. So it's like they've already seen enough out of him in a couple of months to say, that guy can start there, right? We're going to let him lose that job. They haven't done that for Tevin Jenkins. Why? I think they want to see the toughness and the fight that they're seeing from a Borum, they're seeing from a Jones, less talented guys, but they want to see the fight in Jenkins. And that's a really interesting point because it's the one thing that I think fans thought on the opposite way when Poles first came in, though, right? That ever when Poles came in talking about how they wanted that fight, that they wanted that aggressiveness on the offensive line, everybody turned to Tevin Jenkins and that little kind of fight that he had and then a Fetty going after him. But now it shows that maybe if they're te- if they're testing him now to try and kind of get up and get into that starting five, like we've seen, Braxton Jones has pretty much like if Riley Reef wasn't on this team, we could probably say with close certainty that Braxton Jones is probably starting in this in the first five for the offensive line. So, but what's your kind of take on this in terms of them trying to challenge Jenkins? And do you believe that? ultimately when it comes to week one that Jenkins will be part of that starting five or do you think it's going to be similar to now where he may be on the outside looking in no to be honest with you it's, it's a hard one to call with the way they've, they've kind of run everything there but as Jeff mentioned there's a culture and they came in wanting to change the culture and as you say Jenkins is obviously a good target for that a high draft pick for someone else who maybe through injury and whatever else it didn't kind of click and they've come in now and, and everyone's starting at the same spot with these guys because they don't owe anybody anything they don't nobody is is well they brought in their own guys but nobody who was there before is set for anything so for jenkins it's going to be very interesting now when the pads go on because we seen him in college he was that kind of rough mauler you know tough player and for the last few months obviously they haven't had pads on and it's, it's not as easy to show that so on the field he can show that off the field Look, I, I, I don't know if he has the, the right mentality or not. You know, those guys will know that being in the building with him every day, seeing how he trains, seeing how he reacted to being put down with the seconds rather than staying there with the first team. So the whole O-line is interesting, but Jenkins is particularly interesting because of his status as a high draft pick, because of the hype we kind of put into him when he got him. So it's 
it's going to be interesting over the next few weeks to see if he does have that mentality or not. Because, look, if he has the mentality and he's good enough, he'll play. It's just going to be up to him to show these guys that he does have it and that he does want it. So let's see how he does now over the next few weeks. Yeah, look, Tony, we we were talking about kind of the offensive line addition at the time when we were talking about Michael Schofield. But then what ends up happening is they sign Riley Reef as well, which makes it a little bit tougher as well because at the end of the day, let's say Braxton Jones does eventually start at left tackle. Then you have Reef, Borum, and Jenkins all vying for that right ta- tackle spot. So with that being said, if we look at if we look at this towards the end of camp, what would be for you the best case scenario for this offensive line? Is it that the two veterans come in, you have one of Borum and Jenkins and you don't have to force any of the rookies in? Or is it that Braxton Jones wins that job and maybe it, there is that kind of fight between the three guys to go get that right tackle spot? Yeah, I think it's, you've got to look at it in the sense that and what someone said earlier on is this is a brand new clean slate for everybody. So everyone's got the same chance to win these positions. I, I When I seen Riley Reef saying just today, and I seen him for $12.5 million, I thought, well, with that money, he's a starter. And he's likely a starter on the left side. But when you look at the actual contract and you look at the way it's set up in the terms of how he can actually earn the money, it doesn't necessarily mean he's a starter at all. Um, I think personally what they've do, I, mean, I think they're looking to the future. I think they've got, you know, hopes for the young guys, um, but they've got insurance policies now. They, they've got that sense where they've got training camp now. They can go out and see how Borum looks, how Jenkins looks, how um, Braxton Jones look. Um, and, you know, and if they don't look good, then you know what? We can fall back and we've got Riley Reef um, there and we've got Michael Schofield. Um, so I, I, I think for me... It, there's a lot to unravel itself over the next uh, few weeks uh, in terms of, of what's going to happen. In ter- in, until the pads come on, we don't know anything because everything up to this point is nothing. Uh, we need to see mm-hmm. these guys hitting each other uh, properly. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how, how it all works out. But I don't even think, I mean, we're talking about Jenkins and, you know, how we have to fit him in the lineup. Do we have to fit him in the lineup? You know, like if, if there's another player that's better than him, or, or the coach, you see something better than someone else, you go with that. You don't, you don't, it's the same way where we don't look at players and go, well, you know what, you were a fifth round pick, so you're clearly not good enough to start. That sort of bias, you know, if, if you're not drafting high or you're not paying a shit ton of money for a free agent, then clearly he's not good enough. Same applies the other way. Just because you've taken someone high or you're playing a shit ton of money for him doesn't mean he sees the best person for the job. Um, now, I'm not saying that Je- Jenkins fits either mode, we'll need to find out. But I'm just saying I think the whole thing's wide open. I don't even think anybody's guaranteed a spot yet. You know, you know, Lucas Patrick just come in and it's likely he'll be a starter at centre. But other than that, I mean, white hair, fair enough, but white hair's had these problems over the years as well. Um, who's to say by the end of the camp, if, you know, something else happens and someone displaces him? I think the whole thing is open for you know, opportunity and for guys to go, you know what, this is a brand new team, this is a brand new coaching system. Um, a coaching setup, rather. I'm going to come in and 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 try and take that spot, you know. And I think if the, if people perform well and they can do what they they're, they're set out to do, then they can. End of the day, if you're drafted as an NFL player, you're 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 good enough to start. Doesn't matter where, where where you're drafted. You're a professional football player at this point. If you're good enough, you're old enough, and all that kind of stuff, you know. So for me, it's wide open, and I think 
um, the, not everything's as cut and dry as you think it may be. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's if you, if you, for. If you do a booze, here's a booze comparison for you. If you have a, uh, you go to a craft beer bar, right, and there's a bunch of beers, you don't know what they are, and there's pumpkin in some of them, and there's like oatmeal in some of them, and you're like, I don't really want these. And then you look in the glass, and there's like, there's like one Bud Light bottle. That's Riley Reef. Right? That's, you look in there, you go, all right, I know that if I drink that, I don't I think I'll be out of the Bud Light. Well, listen, it's not great. It's not, it's not very good. But you know what you're getting from that experience. Michael Schofield's maybe like an Amstel. Like, you know, and then okay, Cody, Cody Whitehair is like a Miller. Cody Whitehair, maybe a Miller Genuine Draft. Like, we're talking about guys who we know kind of what they are. They've established their ceilings. This is who they are. There's just three or four guys now in the mix that we just don't know what the hell they are. But we don't really know what Larry Borum is in a proper offense. We've never mm -hmm. seen Tevin Jenkins in a proper offense. Braxton Jones is a complete mystery right now. So even Sam Mustafer, who I know people like to get on, for some reason Bears fans get really hot and heavy anti-young players as if and nobody can get better. They are what they are at 22, and they're never going to improve. Uh, that's I call it the Cole Komet syndrome. The, the whole thing is we, we just don't know. And the fact that we don't know any of this is why I keep telling people, keep your expectations low for the season because good teams don't come into the uh, training camp not knowing who, who three-fifths of their offensive line are going to be. It's just not how good teams conduct it. So, listen, it's an experiment. And I think we're, we're going to have a Bud Light out there, an MGD out there, and we're probably going to mix and match. I don't think you're going to see five guys all season long. I think you're going to see – probably seven or eight different line combinations over the course of the year. And hopefully come Thanksgiving, they start to establish at least two or three of them as foundational pieces moving forward. Just on this for a brew, I'm going to say Justin Fields is more of like a, a, a nice pint of Guinness on a cold day. It, yeah. That's exactly what you need. Um, but look, and this is kind of what Jeff is, is saying here. Uh, so Mustafa is not a starter. I know that for sure. Like at the end of the day, we have to say it's it was in a different offensive scheme as well. So you have to give these guys an opportunity. Like it's not like he's this 34, 35 year old dude that you know can't get better. Like we always talk about these young players and how they can develop. Like this is actually when Corey mentioned that Mustafa, why well, she thought Mustafa would be in right guard. And the one thing that I said is there's no reason to say that he can't be because we don't know the development in him. We all assume that Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins are going to develop because they're young players, but so is Sam Mustafer. He was young when he came into the league. While he has experience, he's still a very young guy and he can get better. And that's one of the interesting ones for, I guess for anybody that hasn't kind of been on Twitter or anything today, um, the starting offensive line is pretty much the same um, from the end of minicamp where you had Braxton Jones at left tackle. Um, on non-team periods, you did have Riley Reef going in at left tackle there. Again, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, left guard center. You had Sam Mustafa in team drills. He was at right guard. You did have Jatire Carter coming in for one-on-one -on -one periods at right guard, so that's an interesting one. And then at right tackle, um, again, Larry Borm was there and Tevin Jenkins was used more as that kind of added offensive lineman. So that's where the whole swing tackle conversation has been coming in for Tevin Jenkins. So with that, we're going to move on to the next 
kind of main talking point of, I guess, today, yesterday, and even earlier on the weekend, it all kind of goes around Roquan Smith. So Roquan Smith, we all knew that he was not going to be participating in the practices, but he would be at camp, um, which is true. He's been at meetings. Eberflus mentioned today. They seem to have a really good relationship. They know exactly what's going on here. He went on the pup list. Does he have an injury? Does he not? I think Eberflus didn't really want to say much about that. The reporters were trying to be a little bit sneaky, asking, "Was did he take part in the conditioning running? And Eberflus caught it there and was not going to answer that one. But look, it's interesting to see how this plays out. Jeff, I guess going into this, this is a normal situation. Happens every single year. Happened to TJ Watt last year. People like to kind of freak out when deals aren't done in time. But what's your opinion of this kind of Roquan Smith situation? Do you think this is a, a matter of time before this deal gets done? Yeah, I mean, Roquan did it as a rookie. This is the second time Roquan's done it in a few years. So um, right now, his people are just asking for way too much. And the Bears, uh, breaking news, fun stuff. The Bears offered him a deal that was essentially, uh, if not the, the highest paid uh, off-ball backer, at least top two. That's what I was told. And right now his people want to blow that 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 whole market out of the water. Bears love him. Poles loves him. They're going to get a deal done. I don't know when that deal gets done, but I think the least of our concerns is if that deal gets done Labor Day, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like Roquan Smith knows what he's doing. He'll be perfectly fine. He will be there on, on week one. He won't lose a dollar. He won't he won't hold out during the season. He'll be there week one. He'll have a new deal. Um, right now, there's no concern in the building about it at all. He did not do the conditioning test today, by the way. That That's definitive. He did not. He's, he was on the bike. He's suffering with a case of uh, of light wallet right now. That, that's, that's what I would call his injury. He's uh, There's not a fucking thing wrong with the guy. That's for sure. He's in great shape. He's ready to go. But he wants a shit ton of money. And listen. He's deser- he deserves it, and they're going to pay him. They're just it, It's the same thing with the Brisker shit. Like, there's so many ridiculous details in these contracts, and agents don't have as much to do anymore. So they, they haggle over every minute detail. They ask for the world. At this stage, why not? That's what your agent's there for. But they'll get a deal done, and he'll be very well paid very soon. Yeah, absolutely. The, the Brisker one I found was funny. When we were talking about this earlier on in the week, Tony, it was like everybody was freaking out over that one, and – it, then it gets done maybe like a couple of hours after we're done that show and it was it was ridiculous but the one thing i said is this that should show people need to have patience with this stuff that like like you mentioned jeff and it was the one thing that i kept harping on on our show on monday was the amount of clauses that are in these contracts it's not just simply that he wants to get paid this money this is the guarantee there's so much more to it and that's what I think <laughs> that's very good matter. I think a lot of people are suffering <laughs> from a case of light water. But like it's it's true. This is so going bad, to take time. But the one thing I would say is that when it comes to the end, he doesn't need that much time. I was more worried about no. Brisker because he's a rookie. You want him being involved. If Rokron signed in the last week of training camp, I still wouldn't care. Like no. at the end of the day, he's gonna know this offense and and he'll be fine. Look, with that, Adam, I want to bring you in on this because, again, I myself and Tony spoke about this earlier on in the week. Um, what's your opinion of everything that's gone on at Roquan? I guess one of the questions that kept him coming up on Monday was, does he deserve to be paid the highest amount? Would you pay over $100 million, which is what it'll take? Because the last linebacker that got it at his position, 
I think he got paid something like 99 million or 98 million over five years. So would you be willing, or do you think the Bears should be willing to go much higher than that for Roquan Smith? Well, I think the best sign, obviously, is putting him on the pup list. Um, you know, when the report first came out, there were a lot of people, oh, is there bad blood? Or how much are they lowballing him? You know, what's going on? But the fact that, you know, they're they're doing him a solid, I think, by making that move and, you know, kind of dampening some of that noise. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, he's going to get signed. I think the way that, you know, for as non-committal as the coaching staff and front office have seemed to be when they talk about players um you know Eberflus lights up a little bit when he talks about Roquan Smith's potential in that defense you know when you go and compare a guy to to be your Derek Brooks seeing him as a Derek Brooks type in a defense um you know that's that's high praise in the the words of the great Nicolas Cage um you know it's 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 a lot of money. And, you know, I was talking to a buddy earlier and he said, you know, I don't want that to screw up not being able to sign an edge or a DB after you give Fields his big quarterback if he turns out to be what we hope. And I understand that. But also, you know, if this guy's racking up 120 tackles a year and being a difference maker on the defense, this defense, you know, we've got Quinn out there. You've got all these young pieces. The defense could make some noise and be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, there's talks about, well, if you get the Khalil Mack package for him, do you trade him? Like, obviously, there are variables in there that, you know, you probably flip that switch pretty quickly um, when it comes to the commitment he's looking for. But at this moment, you know, that guy's the heart and soul of your defense. Jalen Johnson, who's one of your best players, says that's that's our captain. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be I think it'd be wise to keep him around. So, you know, it's he wants more money. And that's that's the way everything's going. Everyone wants more money now. And again, when you get a guy like Christian Kirk, who's making who's getting the bag at wide receiver, for mediocre production, then obviously the guys like Roquan Smith who've played like an all pro, but haven't gotten the nod as an all pro are going to feel like they're deserving of that next level of money, even if they haven't had those accolades. So, you know, some of that is the have nots making the haves now, you know, wish that they're, they're kind of seen on that upper echelon as well. But for me, you know, it's, it's the bears have always been defense my entire life. So of course, you know, I I have no problem paying a defensive stud. If that helps you keep that identity, if it's going to take a little bit for the offense to come around. Yeah, Corey. Adam, 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 you should be you. Your voice is so good. You you should you should be an <laughs> FM overnight DJ. FM <laughs> radio. Like I want to like lay. I want to lay in bed and put the radio on and just hear Adam go. You. Oh, this is Counting Crows with uh, August and everything after, and just like sit there and just let that voice bellow into me as I as I shoot, shoot me some lines. I'm all yours, man. Whatever you need. <laughs> and then maybe like like smooth jazz. I can I can hear like oh yeah jazz coming after this is that. Dave, this is this is Dave Brubeck. And Here's just like, Roquan oh, Smith across the fifty. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hear it as a sports voice unless you're calling. You could call golf. Oh my God, you could call golf. We'll get to that later. But you could call the shit out of golf, like on the 16th in Augusta, just like, well, that's a hell of a putt, isn't yeah. it? Look at that. Look at that ball roll. Yeah, I think he's too busy with softball right now to be able to do that. I, if anybody does know, Adam has like 50 games that he is calling in softball this week, so. Yeah, he's. You probably won't see him around social media for the next couple of days because if you can't stop him, then just passing out for the rest of the time. I'll be. Uh, I'll be sharing more about that for the ridiculous. So uh, when we get to when we get to a later segment, I've. Uh, I'll share some information about that. Now, now, now someone just someone, someone just called you Morgan Freeman. So could you just say out for us? Could you just say I missed my friend? I missed my friend. I... There you go. Yes. <laughs> 
That's got to go with this. That's got to go with the start of the show, Karen. That's got to go with the start of the show. Oh, uh, that'll, that'll be put. That'll be put in. That'll be put in. One hundred percent. Oh my god. Nobody. What I've realized about my identity in the Bears world is nobody gives a fuck about what I say about the Bears. It's all the extraneous shit people enjoy now. Like I don't even care what I think about the Bears. That that means stuff. that means you made it, right? Like I crossed, crossed over. <laughs> yeah. I had more fun calling you guys the Brady Bunch last week than I've had. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> there was fourteen of you on here. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh my god! To be fair, Jeff. We do so what? many like shows now that I don't even remember which fucking show that one was. So. I went through a. Le- I started writing lyrics to a new Brady Bunch and sending them directly to Corey, and I was so enamored by the fact that I could have here's a story of a girl named Corey as the first line. I didn't even write a second line. I, I was so happy with the first line. I was like, we're good. Just you went until Adam starts calling up reviews of all your favorite movies and all that sort of stuff oh. because. That that's the way this could go. <laughs> Amazing. But look, it it is, it is really interesting. And look, right, one more, Corey, one more, Adam. Adam, can you say I've been known to locate certain things from time to time? I've been known to locate certain things from time to time. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, it's so good. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Look, Corey, with everything that's been going on, we'll we'll circle back to sports. Um, back to the bears i'm ruining i'm destroying the show i'm just destroying the show (laughs) all right (laughs) so with everything going on with roquan what's what's kind of your opinion on this do you think that people are just look we know people freak out because they want to freak out and bears fans can't just relax for a week like we all knew that it was going to be one day of training camp and all these different stories like people freaking out over brisker like there was people talking about how oh we got got it done at the very last minute and like at the end of the day he's there right and that's the important thing same thing with Roquan as long as he's there week one it doesn't really matter what's what's your opinion on it yeah I don't I don't think there's any reason to sound any alarm I I read that Roquan actually doesn't have an agent which is part of the hurdle to getting to that you know actual agreement on a contract which you know Kind of makes sense. You know, he, he'd have mm-hmm. to pay an agent, you know. Um, but you know, we don't we don't know a whole lot about polls. You know, we his his drafting isn't proven. His ability to trade valuable players isn't proven. Um, you know, nothing is proven with him except he does. He has proven that he's a really shrewd businessman, and we've seen it. You know, especially in the contracts that of of Reef and Schofield recently, his one year prove it deals. Um, I loved seeing in Schofield and Reef's contract, you know, it, it wasn't just individual incentives. There were incentives there. I, I wasn't able, I don't know the exact details of the incentives, but there are incentives for the entire offense as a whole. And I, I just love that this entire franchise is being built on, um, like Jeff was saying, integrity, uh, incentives and measurable accountability. So I have to assume and I have to hope that, you know, I I mean, blanket statement, Roquan Smith absolutely deserves to be paid within the upper echelon of defensive linemen. That that goes without saying. I have to assume that within those those details that Poles is going to be putting in incentives there for, you know, the line as a whole, the defense as a whole, and I, I think, Karen, exactly what you're saying, it comes down to those nitty gritty contract talks that 
take a while, you know, both sides have to come to an agreement. But also, I think that, you know, the fact that Quinn showed up, that Brisker signed, we're seeing all signs of a completely competent leadership that I don't think we've seen for a long time. So I'm not worried. One iota. It's going to get done. Uh, Roquan, like you guys were saying, he knows what he's doing. And Eberflus even said, I think he confirmed he's going to be playing at the will spot. So I think that they are are kind of building this defense around Roquan, and it's just coming down to the nitty-gritty. It might take a while, but just don't sweat it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, I completely agree. Like at the end of the day, this this thing will get done, and that's the, and that's the most important thing. And look, uh, Tony, I want to bring you in on one of the other topics that came up today. So Robert Quinn um, arrived at camp today, practiced, and spoke afterwards and put it out there that he didn't want to trade. And sounds like a guy that wants to be here, but knows what's probably coming at some point this year to where he's probably going to get traded maybe during the year, but he appears to be a guy that doesn't want to be traded, that he likes more of being in the same place and kind of doing your job. And I know there were so many different stories about him, people saying that he's getting traded, that he requested trades and stuff like that, but he seems fairly content with what it is and him missing practice before was him making sure his body was ready for training camp. Yeah, well, look, there, there's the usual, um, you know, what you hear in a press conference and what's actually going on. You know, there's so many people were, were kind of pissing and moaning yesterday after the initial press conference about how Rappos wasn't giving anything away and uh, Matt Everflus wasn't really saying anything about what was going on, you know. And at the end of the day, they're, of course, they're not going to say anything because why would they say anything? It's absolutely nothing to do with anybody else. Why would you give away your game? Um, and the same thing happens with, with Robert Quinn as well. Like he's endearing himself to the Bears fans in the event that he stays because he apparently wants to stay. However, there's obviously the conversation going on in the background that maybe there's going to be a trade at some point in the future. Maybe he's aware that there's going to be a trade at some point in the future. And because of that, you know, um, that that's the kind of background thing that's going on. So he he's going to get he's got that in the back of his mind that that might still be a possibility. All we can ask from the guy is. For as long as he's playing with Chicago, is he's going out there and he's knocking his pan in and he's doing exactly the same thing as he was doing last year. And hopefully what we can have at the back of him being there for at least up until week eight, if he gets the trade deadline and goes, having an influence on the younger guys, Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson, etc., um, and, and really proving that he can have he can pass the torch to them if you like. They're the next generation of where the Bears rush is going. Um, and and hopefully that's that's exactly what's going to happen. So for as long as he's here, great. You know, end of the day, we're not really we're not going to win anything this year anyway. The main thing we can take from him is he goes out there and, and shows what he can do, gets as much as we can in the trade if we get to we eight, and also brings on our younger guys as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's what they say up front and what's actually going on in the back. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Anthony, I want to give you the, the next main topic from, from camp to happen, or some of the, I guess, some of the things that happened on the field. So we saw Vedas Jones Jr. go up against Kyler Gordon. One of the main things that they were saying was that Vedas Jones Jr., even though I heard that he was going to be retiring and like he was 50 years old and stuff yeah. like that, completely burned Kyler Gordon today. So He's Kyler always. Gordon must suck. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's my exact point. The first thing I saw when I saw that goes up, it goes, oh, everyone's going to say Kyler Gordon's a bust. <gasps> Kyler Gordon intercepts it and Felix Jones is shit. It's... It's nonsense. It's pure bullshit. It's, it's all nonsense. When you guys were talking about the press conferences, all I could think of is we shouldn't do them anymore. Just don't do them. They're pointless. There's no They're point. Pointless There's exercises. no point. Yeah. Because what yeah. they say is is what can they say? What are they meant to say? Oh, Rokon's a dickhead for not signing a contract. <laughs> like, what are they going to say? Like. It's it's all it's all crap, and then the media guys going ballistic. Like, I have it. I have a, one of the other guys with, with shells on Twitter, where it's literally I'm going to put up the face every single time of guys who make stupid comments. With the little guy from um, from the from the office, US office, where he's writing down notes. Literally, this is quite true. That yeah. no, it wasn't even Dwight Schrute. It's one of the other ones. It's it's unreal bullshit. Oh, it's Ryan. People. It's Ryan Howard. Yeah, it's Ryan. There yeah. you go. Um, and it's it's literally just all you listen to. Is the same guys talking about the same crap, and then they get upset because they get their question asked or they don't get their question answered, and they're little babies. For me, stop the press conferences. Right. Anyway, I'll go into a rant there. Back we go. Tony's not even here to help me. Back we go to the question you asked, which is literally about Kyler Gordon now being a bust. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> good man, Tony. A forty-year-old man out jumped him to score. It's one-on-ones. It's one-on-ones. It's 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 going to be fine. What is great, and let's look at the positives. Isn't it great that Felix Jones seems to be getting into the into the style of being able to beat a decent cornerback? Isn't that good? Isn't that a positive that we need to look at? Other than that, pointless. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually think that, like, I know people want to hear on a daily basis to get updates because, again, the Bears don't really let us do much when it comes to training camp. But I'd be fine just hearing from the players. I don't need to hear the same thing every single day from Eberflus and. Having, and people complain about why Ryan Poles isn't going to be doing interviews, tra- training camp and all that sort of crap. Yeah, just get different players on, get their perspective on how things are going. I think that's completely fine. But look, the last main point of kind of the training camp portion of the show, um, one of the interesting points that came out in the interviews is that Eddie Jackson was going back returning punts, Vedas Jones was returning punts, and so was Byron Pringle. So... What's your thoughts on that? Because often you don't see guys that are starting on offense or defense usually be one of the guys that returns punts. Now, you have Eddie Jackson. Is that kind of a message to him saying that, look, you got to make sure that like you've that you lock down the free safety position or you could be the guy that's going to be a, a punt returner? Do you think that it's just them trying to find who is going to be the best weapon back there? Or do you think any of those guys, if they're going to be key members of the offense and the defense, will actually end up being the Bears punt returner? And I'd be very, very surprised if Eddie Jackson <coughs> returned any punts during the season. Look, this is again, this is a new crowd, this is a new coaching staff, and they're looking at players. Maybe, as you say, they're subtly trying to send messages to some people, other people. They are legitimately checking them out to see, you know, what they can give them in returning punts. Because even if you look outside of those guys, there are a few others in there as well who have the ability to return kicks. So, you know, I, I think a large part of it is they're just trying to find out what they have. They want to see exactly what's out there uh, and they'll kind of work their way through that. But I mean, yeah, no, I, Velis Jones, I, I don't even know if I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if I even saw him. He'll probably have an active, you know, part in the offense. Whether you want to risk him back there returning punts. I don't know, but Eddie Jackson, no. I think there's there's probably a little sort of message in there somewhere to him just to just to shake him up a little bit. 
Yeah. Eddie wants Eddie, Eddie Eddie wants the ball. Like Eddie has mm-hmm. has lobbied to be on offense. He he wants the ball in his hand. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if if they give him a crack at it. But uh, he has he's been very sort of he wants the ball in his hands. Early in his career, he was petitioning Nagy to play offense. Uh, I'm shocked Nagy didn't do it. He did every other dumb fucking thing. <laughs> the, uh, I I I. Do you think that that that's not a, that's not about the coaching staff sending a message? That's Eddie Jackson probably on the sideline going, "Give me a crack at it." I I'd be shocked if he did it during the regular season. Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree. Um, look, just because people are asking about it, I did see a tweet uh, about it because look, there's this joke that keeps coming on the show, um, Jeff, where I'm like, punters and kickers don't matter. Um, and the guys keep talking about long snappers and punters the whole time. So I'm just going to put it out there. It looked like the punter that was the rookie dude had a bit of a leg. Don't care. That's all we're going to mention on that. That's your punter talk for the day. Okay. <laughs> that's, so that's, that's going that's going to the top of the show as well. That's going no, to the top of the show as well. No, it's not. Anyway, <laughs> look, that's with that, I... Expert analysis right there, Keaton. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. But look, the one thing that I say leg. Is, <laughs> yeah, he had a big leg. That's it. Like to be fair, if you're drafting him and he doesn't have a big leg, you'd be kind of worried at this point. Here, anyway. here, I, I write, I write a, I write a draft column. I write one draft column a year. It's my five favorite players in the draft, and I average two and a half punters in that column over the last ten years. <laughs> like, because because here's what I do. I hate I hate college sports and I hate college football. So what I do is. I turn on the TV for like six minutes on a Saturday. I see the Rutgers punter. I go, I'm writing about him. I don't give a shit if he's even good, but he's in my column. And I get, I get the most, I get the worst. I get these great tweets like, I don't think you watched enough Rutgers football. I'm like, no, I can tell you I didn't watch enough Rutgers football. I saw six minutes of their game against Indiana in October. That's what I saw. Because I was trying to find the goal. plenty of Rutgers football. Listen, my, my whole family went to Rutgers. I, I am pro Rutgers, but... I don't watch college football because it's a criminal activity. Well, the one thing that I would say is there is a college football game in Dublin this year. So very nice. What segue? What segue? So you're gonna be there, Jeff? Uh, where, where, where are they playing? Are they, they playing at Park? They are playing in the Aviva Aviva Stadium. Stadium in Dublin. Ah. And we are going to be drinking all the way beforehand. We are going to be getting fans' opinion on it. We are going to be doing a live vlog that day. So make sure that you do stick with us for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. So any of you guys that are possibly... Is Trinity College playing? Is Trinity College in the game? No. It is Northwestern versus Nebraska. So both of those teams are coming over. We have put out a tweet today. We have tickets to give away for, for that game. We will be selecting a winner for the next four weeks because we do have multiple tickets that will be going away. So make sure you, you go over to the Irish Bear Show Twitter page. If you follow us on Twitter or on Instagram, there is a post on there with kind of anything you're going to need to kind of enter. It's very simple. All you need to do is follow us on either Twitter or Instagram and comment below those posts. Yes, this is what that show will be that day. It will be called the Irish Drunk Yard Show, basically, <laughs> because we will be drinking so much. So even if you do like college football, if you don't, all you need to know is if you like alcohol, then it will be a good game to go to. So anyways, that's how we'll do it there. But look, Jeff, it's been an absolute pleasure. Having Let me you ask on one more show. question. One, one yeah, more question. Ahead. Now, shouldn't, 
shouldn't shouldn't that game be Northwestern against Kerry? I know it's a different style of football, but Kerry's just won the All Ireland, right? Okay. Let's get the two teams uh, on the same pitch. Let's get oh fuck Kerry now. He's Jeff, fuck Kerry. Jeff, keep talking about Kerry and Ireland. Ireland. Kieran's gonna go mad because the Dolphins lost. But keep right. going, keep going. So keep I going. listen. I I think you put Kerry on one side of that field playing their style of football. And Northwestern on the other side playing just two different fucking sports. I just see what happens. Just see what happens. When 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 the carry guys are bouncing the ball, the Northwestern defense is gonna have no fucking idea what's going on. Right? It's gonna it could be the most amazing television event we've ever seen in sports. And, and then we and then what you and then what you do for the second half, you bring out the, the Limerick hurling team. And and Limerick the, hurling comes out. Yeah. And they just beat the, the shit of them with the hurling. Yeah, they just, they just start beating their shit out of them. Yeah. Oh my I think God. this works. I think this works. We've just created we never, a new we game. Never get, we, never, we never get inventive. We never we never have fun with sports. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Well, to be to be fair though, like you could you could do that and then look afterwards if you like to have a good game of golf. There's plenty of golf courses around yeah, Ireland. They're some of the best in the world. So make sure that if you guys do come over, let us know because again, there's going to be a lot going on that weekend as well. So look, yeah. like I said, or, if you guys want to. Play yeah, Port Marnock, play the Port Marnock Hotel, Port Royal Port Marnock's fantastic. Port Marnock Hotel, Bernard Langer design course at the old Jameson family house. Fantastic golf course. Uh, you're just down the road, Drew's Glen, down there in Wicklow. Uh, lovely golf course. Uh, just drive a little bit north, try to get on County Downs. It'll cost you an arm and a leg, but it's worth it. Greatest golf course in the world. I can go into this shit for hours. I love golf so much more than football. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> next time you go, you're going to be. Next time you go, you're going to bring bringing Adam along as as like your personal. Yeah, just hang <laughs> he's going inter- to introduce a- me into rooms. <laughs> Look at that drive by Jeff. <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, his 14th slice of the round. <laughs> Ooh, that one's in the bunker. <laughs> Did you guys ever see Artie Lang? You guys ever see Artie Lang on the Joe Buck show when he derailed the show and got the whole thing canceled? I feel like I'm ending the Irish Bear show. No, like, no. this might be it. The internet might say that's enough. A guy in a hot dog hat destroys your show. The only does this show standing up routinely is me. I do this show in my kitchen on my feet because it keeps my energy going. Nah, you're good. Look, Jeff, it's it's a pleasure having you on. We'll be talking to you during count during the season as well. Hopefully, you're you're doing good with everything. Do you have, I guess, anything coming up on on your website or anything no. else coming up? Nothing. All no, right, cool. No. See you later. No, I have Bye. Tony. I have Tony. I have Tony. I have Tony coming to New York. I have Tony coming to New York in a month. I got to get ready. Yeah, I got to get ready. Yeah. And my dad, yeah. my dad's coming too. <laughs> well, I'm getting the whole family loaded and we're going to do an Irish bear show yeah. <laughs> from the best Celtic bar in Manhattan. We're going to do one. That's very yeah, good. We'll invite all the Rangers fans to you. <laughs> I miss my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that is some way to end there. But look, it's always it's always entertainment when Jeff comes on. He puts in a little nugget about Roquan Smith, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, but we this is the part of the show that is fun. Any of you guys that have been with us the last couple of weeks, when training camp before training camp has happened, and there's not been loads to talk about, we introduced a couple of new segments to the show. First one is a mystery topic of the week. Now this week Corey gets the mystery topic. So, again, this does not have to be about football. This can be about Look how happy anything. she is. 
Look he how knows. happy she is. I know the smile there. I am nervous. Yeah. That was the evil rubbing the hands together there. Yeah. Yeah. I saw There's that. no reason to be nervous. I'm, I'm just interested about your answers. Mysteries. <laughs> so, Corey is going to bring up the mystery topic of the week. Tony, shut up. <laughs> so, I think I'm one of the league guys. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Isn't that how you say her last name? Tony Tony Delay? <laughs> so Corey, he'll get that in a couple minutes. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Just watch so the reaction. Gets... <laughs> I'm joking, I had first thing. <laughs> all right. So Corey gets to the mystery topic this week. Any of you guys that have not been with us the last couple of weeks. We rotate who gets to do it. We have no idea what the topic's going to be, so we have to kind of think on the fly. So, Corey, take it away. All right. So, guys, the zombie apocalypse is upon us, and we have to make it out alive. I want to hear which Bears player from any any span of Bears history and which co-host is going to help you make it out alive. You get to choose who goes first. And why? I have to pick Noel. Thanks <laughs> <laughs> for that. Thank you very much. I love it. Well, the first, the, the Bears player I'm taking is the fridge because he's just a big guy who's just going to barrel into them and, and take a load of them out. And the co-host is helping me. Well, it's Adam. That sweet voice is going to keep those zombies occupied while he's talking. And I'm just going to slip on out the side. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Pokemon. The vibrations have distracted them. <laughs> okay, since he picked you, Adam, you can go next. Uh, I would probably take, for similar reasons, I would take someone like a Keith Trailer, uh, a big guy that can definitely plug up some holes, get in the way, and uh, I can hide behind him if I need to clear some space. Plus, I feel like he's got a lot of time. Like if he got bit, it would take a while for the for it to fully reach his bloodstream. So you know, we'd we'd be safe. <laughs> And I'd, you know, I'd probably take Ant just because I feel like he's very scrappy. And for the same reason, if I've got big Keith trailer and then Ant with me, like we could do a lot of deception stuff. And, you know, I just I feel like the the passion and anger I feel like that comes through on those rants. We could really <laughs> harness that and survive a, a zombie apocalypse for a long time. Nice. <laughs> Go ahead, Ant. Oh, Claire. Um, Butkus. Cause just because I think he start eating them, it'd be great. I think he might actually, like, he might just start like killing them. Like to actually, you call that a bite? Them. Yeah, you 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 take my leg, I'll take two of yours. I think I think that'd be him. The, the, who would I who would I bring with me? Like Noel took the idea with Adam. I'm gonna go with Tony because if I'm gonna go out with a rant, I might as well go out with another rant person with me. And also, if you if you thought they'd be confused with an Irish accent. Show his accent in as well, that way. Show his accent in as well. And they won't have a clue what's going on. So I'm going to go with Bookus. I'm going to go with Tony. Oh, Very nice. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is not set up, but I genuinely would pick Dick Bookus because he's just a bad MFR. Uh, and I'm Fuck you, Tony! I have to pick Ant as well. He's my rat. Fuck you, Tony! That combination of people. Fuck you. That combination of 
that combination of three of us is going to fucking run riot in zombie land. So get up, you zombies. <laughs> Heaton. Oh, oh my God. All right. I'm going to go. I'm sorry for this. I'm going to go with Owen Cruz because I think you can still follow the zombies in lockers. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's strong enough to do that. It's either I was kind of way between him or Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler liked to kill a lot of animals, so like it was one of those. Uh. I I went with Owen Cruz just because I like him more as a human. Uh, anyway, and I will go with Corey because I think that we could definitely run run away from them. So I think we could okay. survive. I think we could survive. So I'm gonna go with Corey. I uh, I I think that I would have to go with Patrick Manley and Kieran because. Kieran would just be so pissed that I picked up Patrick Manley. He would take it out on the, zom- on the zombies. Yeah. How badass would it be, though, just driving away in an El Camino after you survive the zombie apocalypse? Just Patrick Manley with the mullet, some classic rock, survival. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So we come to our last segment of, of the show. And this is called The Good, The Bad, and The Ridiculous. Again, for anybody that has not been with us over the last couple of weeks, um, we all pick a good thing that's happened this week. It can be a story. It can be something that's happened to one of us, something that's happened within Chicago Bears land. We talk about the ba- one bad thing and then one ridiculous thing, which is kind of my favorite. We're going to start with the good, though. And Look, I'm going to start with it just the way it shows it up on the screen. So, Noel, it'll be Noel, then Adam, Tony, Ant, and then Corey. So, Noel, you get to go first because that's the look at a draw. You're, it's whenever you join you the go. show. So, uh, you what's your good? Well, I could say training camp is back today, but I used training camp last week, so I won't go there again. Now, mine's personal. I have, I'm in work tomorrow, and then I'm off for a week. So, I'm happy to be out of work for a week and uh, getting away for a few days. So, that's my happy. You're happy or you're good? My good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm happy that it's and good. Now, He's been on and now today's already. new segment, happy, sad, and indifferent. <laughs> happy or good? All right, Adam, what's your good? Well, I'm indifferent about, no. Uh, so I this actually happened last week, where I learned about it last week, but I wasn't on the show last week. So um, full summer league, obviously a bunch of rookies, no names, trying to you know make their presence felt in the league. And somebody, the general manager, noticed that McCor McCor Maker was number 99. So then you look down the roster of the Bulls Summer League and you see number 72, 76, 83, 95. And you realize that the 33-year-old Bulls equipment manager has given every player on the Bulls Summer League roster a 1985 Chicago Bears number. So everyone had a corresponding number uh, from the fridge to Richard Dent, Mike Singletary, Jim McMahon, Walter Payton. So the entire Bulls summer league roster, their numbers for the summer corresponded with the 85 Chicago Bears. So I thought that was pretty badass. Uh, really cool uh, carryover to see. Same age as the equipment manager, so he never got to see the 85 Bears. He just said it was they were all the players that his dad would talk about all the time. So he uh, looked into their personalities and matched the players with who he could to try to make it make sense and they all loved it. The front office loved it, and I, I loved it. So that was my happy. 
<laughs> Tony, what's your good or your happy? <laughs> my good and my happy. Uh, yeah, so I my my good is uh, I'm quite, come on, there's a delay. Get over it. Get over it, guy. Come on, right? Jesus, is this Wi-Fi? I'm getting onto that. We're nearly at the bat, right? That's so bad. <laughs> so the good, the good is that uh, boys and I, Killian and Angus and myself, will be going wild camping on Saturday uh, to get out of the wilderness, build a fire, get the tent put up. Uh, sing songs, nonsense food, and just have a great time with my boy. So that's that's a personal for me this week, and that's uh, really looking forward to it. Been looking forward to it all week. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it. That's my good. All right, and you're doing what you're good. Uh, my good was was basically I, since I've moved to to Gothenburg here in Sweden, I haven't actually had a chance to go out and see the city. Um, and I got a chance on Sunday to myself, my wife, and and my little lad got to got to go around some some cool parts of Gothenburg. So it was really class to go and spend time with that. And after listening to all the moaning and giving out and the world's called to shit and all that kind of stuff, it's great to spend time with with people you obviously care about and wanna wanna have around. So yeah, it was fantastic. It was really nice. Got to drink some pretty badass coffee and enjoy myself and it was pretty class. Corey? So my good is with my sweet son too. He was watching like the big kids who are like nine years old playing baseball across the street and he loves baseball. He played t-ball this summer and just totally fell in love with it and I went inside to help my daughter go to the bathroom and I came back outside and he was like watching them with his binoculars across the street and I'm like buddy like you know why don't you go see if you could play and he's like they're gonna say no they're gonna say no so anyways we went across the street and he's like he go, he told me that i had to drop him off so i walked with him <laughs> across the street i'm like hey Big guys can, <laughs> yeah i'm like can grady play with you and like without missing a beat they were like of course he can and it just made my mama heart sore i could tell he like totally felt he was in the sandlot the sandlot is like one of his favorite movies and he just had the best time and it was like bittersweet it's just like a different stage of parenting that he gets to go and play by himself across the street but i was just so happy that they're you know those moms and dads raise raise their sons so so wonderful and sweet to include mine there is still some good in the world that's what we <laughs> have seen from this yeah like very similar and um, to you guys like one of the good things that i wanted to bring in with i guess with the bears is that they did have the highland park football team with them today and also that the bears made a very nice donation and um, to help out that community so that would be my good. My other good is that I started a new job this week. So again, that's that's one other thing that I would say. And um, so those are my two goods. Um, so now we get to move to the bad, and this is this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I I'm going to guess that someone's probably going to take mine, but we're going to see. No, you get to go first. What is it? Is this my bad or my sad? You're bad. My <laughs> I'm bad. Sad. Okay, I'm sad. No, I'm gonna. Well, Tony's Wi-Fi for one. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going with the Roquan Smith situation and not because I'm worried he's not going to make it in or not because I'm worried he's not going to get a deal. I'm, I'm no problem with that at all. That's going to happen. It's because it's given the negative fuckers out there a big topic to, to latch on to and to moan about. And I actually felt sorry for Paul's in the, in the press conference because no matter how many times he said, I'm not talking about that, they'd ask the same question a different way. And I know it's their job, but it, it just gives 
negative people a big topic to kind of be negative with. So for me, the sooner it gets done, the sooner they can just stop fucking harping on about it because we know he's going to get in and they're going to pay him. So hopefully it's done soon. Yeah, very good. Uh, so Adam, what is your bad? So outside of obviously the media, because we harp on that enough, um, and the reaction to the unofficial official training camp rollout, I think the bad for me is the Kyler Murray study hall clause. Uh, oh. What the hell? Oh, what are you doing? Taking my ridiculous. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Fuck me, Adam. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> so I. I'll keep it brief to try to leave some some meat for you to nibble on. Um, but it, it's just it's outrageous to me. And I know that he's come out before and much how, you know, I, I'll try not to read into it too much. But, you know, when he says I'm, I'm I'm I rely on my natural talent, I don't need to watch tape. So you have to write it into the contract. Every incomplete pass, every interception, every broken down play or lack of communication is going to turn into something crazy now on Twitter because of that stupid clause in the contract. But the clause essentially tells me he's probably not going to be worth the money if you have to write in that he needs to study five hours a week. So for me, that's the bad because I don't know if it's for a precedent or what that it's setting, but that's just a bad thing to put it to do to put in a contract and to try to work around. All right, Tony. Tony. Yeah. So my, mine's uh, is that this week. <laughs> This week at work, I'm uh, I'm unfortunately I'm not I couldn't get a hotel in the city, um so I'm out living the sticks, um all, all week and having to get taxis like and like, fucking thirty miles down the road to get to the office and stuff like that, uh, and as such the knock on effect is my Wi-Fi sucks. I'm twenty minutes behind everybody else's conversation. The only restaurant I happen about me is a Carvery, and I've been to Carvery so many times that I've gone about Keystone and Wait. And I've only been here since Sunday. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's that's my bad. It's very personal, and it's too warm as well, and it's just too much going on. Move on to someone else, please. All right, Alex, go ahead. <laughs> my my one's a little topical in Ireland, and it's it's you probably won't know in in America, but it's to do with a guy called Paul Moody who's uh, a Garda here in Ireland, who is, let's put it mildly, a fucking asshole, right? So what Paul Moody did was he basically, the best way you can put this, he sent 30,000 text messages, abusive text messages to one woman, and he sent her in a 14-hour period 652 messages. Um, he was he was rightly put in jail for what is can only be described as just being an absolute dickhead. Um, and... Even though I'm over here in Sweden, it was something that my family Twitter or my family um, WhatsApp group was absolutely raging about. It's it's something that is constantly there. It's it's constantly. I'm not just talking about abuse because he was a guard. I'm just talking about abuse of where men think they can do that to, to other women and get away with it. So fair play to the Irish guard, the guard unit for making calling this guy out and getting him into where he should be into jail. And may he stay there for as long as you possibly can. Very good. Oh, yeah. So my bad, uh, I feel like I might go on a little bit of a rant here, but it's the go, Debbie go, Downers. Go. <laughs> the Debbie Downers and the negative Nancys on Twitter. You can just take all of your bad takes and your bitching and moaning about literally every single thing that has happened in the one day of camp. You can take it and shove it because give me a young, energetic, 
nothing to lose team that you can build on going in the future over a aging, slightly overpaid, everything to prove and everything to lose team that falls far short every single year, every single day of the week. And by the way, a, a team without any expectations has the potential to be so much more fun to watch and has the potential to go on that fun run and see how far they go uh, way more than any team we've seen in, in the past few years, you know, barring the 2018 team that was kind of, you know, built on Vic Fangio. I can't, it's, it's, I know I go on Twitter and I know it's going to happen and I just need to prepare myself, but I just want to tell them to fuck off. I was Don't get my optimism. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Corey. Love it. Love it. That's gone in the intro. <laughs> there goes my friend. Fuck off. <laughs> Mine's very, very similar. And it go I hate calling them out specifically, but this goes to Dan Weeder because he put out a post Ooh. and it was very condescending about people. Um, when they, he was criticizing the Bears for having old Mitchell Trubisky jerseys for sale at training camp, which were only $20, and saying how crazy this is, that they're still selling this, that they're trying to do this. And the one thing I keep coming back to is that people need to remember that jerseys are between 100 to 200 dollars people can't afford that all the time and if it and if a family that is spending money to go to training camp and they have a couple of kids there and they don't have the income to be able to be constantly spending on a new jersey and they decide to go and spend 20 dollars just so their kids can have a bears jersey i don't see the problem with that it goes along with the whole idea that Corey said that there has to be always someone being negative about it. And then when something good happens, they don't give any praise, right? Ryan Poles goes in and signs two offensive linemen that could well start and the total cap space could be, or cap room that will take up could be between four to about eight or nine million. And yet there won't be one single one of them that will say how hey, this is a great deal. But I can tell you one thing, if those deals were for like 14 or 15 million, People will be out there criticizing polls, saying, why are they spending all this money? And when he does a good job, they don't give him any sort of praise, any sort of well done for certain things. And it really, really pisses me off. Like at the end of the day, that that's just the case. And look, I understand this where people are saying Trubisky jerseys. I don't care if it's a fucking whatever. A, a guy, uh, <laughs> yeah, a Shane McClellan jersey or whoever. It doesn't matter in the player because – Again, there's people out there that really can't afford to be constantly spending on new jerseys, and they still want to show their support for the team. It's I just thought it was ridiculous to call out the actual organization there. Instead of chucking them out and nobody getting to have them, they're pretty much given for 20 bucks. So, like, that's, the, that's my bad. Going after an organization, literally just, again, they're putting out jerseys that are – way more affordable for people to to get even if it is from an old player at the end of the day i don't think it's not like trubisky destroyed the franchise or anything like that or did anything seriously wrong he didn't live up to expectations but at the end of the day 
it's providing an opportunity for somebody to buy a Bears jersey, and I don't see the problem in that. So with that, we're going to go to our ridiculous. One more thing on that as well, man. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not even just it's not even just the the club though. It's like the parents and the parents are struggling to bring some you know not everyone's got tons of money do you know I mean like and and they're doing what they think is a really nice thing for their kids and then they can see them get slagged off about it and then they're worried their kids are going to get slagged off about it because of some idiot who's got a mainstream stage who thinks he's going to influence everybody with that nonsense so he should be ashamed of himself for that because he's bringing families and lower income families down and that's out of order yeah completely well, it's, it's so weird too because he was on the radio this morning he was on the radio this morning praising the front office and saying, you know, a lot of the overreaction about things wasn't that bad. And then you look at his Twitter and everything just feels like it's through such a negative lens that it almost feels like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where it's like when speaking, I maybe it just comes out differently. But like the way he's heard versus the way he's read, like in the Weeder instance, it's just it's night and day. And it's crazy. Like you're saying, you know, why? Why just dump on the people needlessly? We've seen it all week back to the Europe comments and everything else. Like why dump on the things that are for the people? Versus dumping on the team if that's where your issue is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So, no, you're ridiculous. Okay, well, since Adam stole my ridiculous, which was obviously the Carla Murray contract, you, buddy. which is, which is, yeah, <laughs> which is absolutely ridiculous. Who's getting married? So, I'll go for the, uh, no, no, I've no more married ones, Tony. I'm out of them. I'm going to go, and actually my backup one popped up in the comments, but I'll go with it anyway, and it's Karen Rogers. Rocking, no! Uh, the Nicholas Fuck you, Cage no! Look. Fuck you, no! Well, if he's taking mine, if he's taking mine, I'm taking yours, okay? No, but it's, it's rocking the old Nicholas Cage Con Air look. What a fucking dickhead. No, can I, anyway. can I make a point on that? Watch it again. He picks up his bag and just fucks it on the ground, expecting somebody else to pick it up. I was stunned that McAfee didn't just rock out of nowhere and picked up the bag and walk back into the training camp. Please, Karen, please. No, no, no. It, it would be Chris Collinsworth, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Collinsworth. Sorry, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my ridiculous. Sorry, Ant. They're grand. <laughs> Right. Well, for me, uh, outside of uh, <clears throat> outside of Con Aaron Rodgers, um, the ridiculous isn't super ridiculousness, but like I said earlier, a little bit earlier, it's a decision I made. So uh, I will be this Thursday through Sunday announcing 30 softball games in roughly about it's four days time, but about three days worth of hours. Uh, Thursday night starting at 6 p.m. Central, Friday night starting at 6 p.m. Central, and then Saturday and Sunday starting at 8 a.m. Uh, you can hop onto my Twitter at the dude thirteen twenty one. It's the No Glove Nationals, the fifty fourth annual sixteen inch softball tournament. If you're from Chicago or familiar with Chicago, you've heard of sixteen inch softball. If you're not, I definitely suggest you check it out. It's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for a long, long time, and for some reason, I made the decision that I was going to do all thirty games on our primary field, field one. So it's going to be about thirty hours of me monologuing. So if you like the weirdness that I exhibit here. Uh, just imagine me unfiltered with nobody to keep me in check. So hop over on my Twitter for some details if you're interested in checking it out. We'll be on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. So plenty of places for you to get it if you're interested. I, yeah, I feel like absolutely. Jeff is going to be all over that. Just all the <laughs> Loving Loving it. <laughs> Tweeting live. I have a feeling if I if I see him pop up, I'll have to work some lines or something for him. So. <laughs> yes. Okay, next. Um. So my ridiculous story of the week 
uh, is again in relation to the heat. Um, so one more thing that we need to worry about in the <laughs> in the heat wave that we're facing is the gruesome death of honeybees who have been found to suffer a difficult fate when it gets too hot. So re researchers have revealed that honeybees can literally ejaculate themselves to death in extreme heat. When male worker bees are subjected to very high temperatures, their bodies begin to convulse, which forces them to ejaculate their abdomen-sized penis equivalent out of their body, and they die from the shock. What the fuck is going on? I, why is this just being discovered? Like, it's crazy. Like, and Je and yeah, Jeff thought but, he was the one that was going to close the Irish bear shop. <laughs> that story right there. I actually, Tony, I actually read that story and thought, no, no, even I'm not touching that one. Really. Leave that one to the side. Oh, come on, after the Henry Hoover story last week. Come on. <laughs> I, I draw the line with bees. I'm not going near that one. I'm not. No comment. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, well, considering Karen is gone, uh, <laughs> I love it from Karen, um, <laughs> because because the Karen one is gone. There was a story I did read about uh, the Premier Inn. Now, Tony, I'm hoping you're not in the Premier Inn, but the Premier Inn in Bournemouth in England. And basically, a guy got there and the, the, the police had to be called because he was refusing to leave. He was outside the premises. He was absolutely hammered. He was lying on the ground. He was refusing to leave. And he was screaming abuse at the at the girl behind the counter. And she was like, whatever. Police arrived, had a conversation with the hotel. And it worked out that he was at the wrong hotel. He was actually across the road is where he should have been. And they opened the door and let him in. So rules is make sure you know your hotel. <laughs> Can't compete with bees. Absolutely doing whatever they were doing, though. All right, Corey. Pales in comparison to those to those bees. Uh, there was a uh, there was a parking ticket in Greece that was issued for six point seven million dollars, and obviously it was a clear error, uh, and it it was expunged. But it just uh, it, it's. I hope you guys aren't planning on parking in Chicago when you come because it is so quintessential. Chicago, I can't even count the number of times that I've gotten Chicago parking tickets. And I, I feel like Chicago probably wouldn't have wouldn't have cleared the 6.7 million. They just would have been like, oh yeah, you gotta pay that. Your your mayor would probably have said definitely, she's another fruit ball. Don't quarter trying to pay me by Thursday. <laughs> The mayor, she she went on record, or not on record. Uh, she She's a recorded. dope. She, um, <laughs> she, did you guys hear about she, the bees could could probably, I don't even know if I want to say it. <laughs> We're intrigued now. Sorry, what happened? Corey, go for it. That kind of life, go for it. Life, they caught her on a recording saying that she has the biggest dick in Chicago. Well, you know. We've got a heat wave over here too, so she's about to lose it too. Oh wow! <laughs> you tell those Italians. <laughs> that was the context. She was mad at the Italians. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> like I, I think I put the tweet out. I don't know if that woman is just deluded or if she's stupid or just both. Like 
<laughs> it is crazy. I yes. My ridiculous. I've I've kind of two stories. One is more of a comment on again the Bears that they're still not allowing fans to take any sort of videos or anything at camp when there's other teams that are pretty much recording the whole thing and putting it out there live. Look, you haven't won in since '85. What the hell are you trying to hide? Like just <laughs> just let the fans take their videos. Or else just if you're not gonna let the fans do it, then release it yourself so fans can see it. The reason why so many fans feel like they need to take these videos is because we don't get anything from the actual team. We get one video in like in their little series that they've been doing, and we get one every three months. Like let the fans do it or else do it yourself. So that's one of my ridiculous. The other one I'll put a bit of a funny story into it and it's not about bees but it is about another animal um so basically the topic of this is just made me laugh when i when i heard it so police in california chase loose emu through the streets (laughs) so basically what happened was police in california said officers spent nearly an hour trying to deal with an unusual road hazard an emu was on the loose (laughs) The Modesto. Not Florida? You're sure it's not Florida? No, it's definitely not Florida. But <laughs> to be fair, the emu could have gone there from Florida. He was on a very long journey. <laughs> the Modesto Police Department said officers responded to a report of a stray emu causing a road hazard Okay, in the city, and they arrived to find the flightless bird running loose on the road. <laughs> so my question to you guys is, if you were driving in a car, which animal would scare you the most if it was caught or if it was on the loose in the middle of Chicago or in the middle of Dublin or Gothenburg or Glasgow or wherever? What would be the animal that would scare you the most? Well, I can tell you straight away, it wouldn't be a packer. <laughs> tell you that straight away. Would it be a Karen? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. If it was a Karen. Brilliant. <laughs> anybody else (laughs) I would for sure be scared shitless if I saw a hippopotamus oh yeah yeah dangerous I have a bit of a a fear of crustaceans because uh, they they walk sideways giving it that so see (laughs) see, if I I, I just seen a lot of them like on the side of the road walking sideways towards me I, I, I would freak out. I'd be honest. I, I, no, that's just me. I look, if I, if I was driving and I had a window open, I'd be and it was a hot day, I'd be worried if I saw a swarm of bees after what Tony told me. I'd be uh, closing that window quickly. <laughs> so quick, what's the temperature? <laughs> oh, shit. Roll the window. Roll the window. <laughs> crank the air. Crank the air. Are we are we missing like the the main one, which would be a bear? Obvious. That would be that would be grandma scared. Pretty pretty fair. Mine scared. Would, I think mine would be a sloth. Oh no. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to like cuddle a sloth. I know. Is it like the slowness of it, the pace? Like, hey, Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get ya. <laughs> uh, stop slagging Tony's Wi-Fi for God's sake. 
Oh my god. I, Tony, I also... Tony Slot Daily. <laughs> Fuck off. That's not <laughs> On the back of Tony's uh, shirt, it should just say the sloth. <laughs> and, and you have a problem. You picked him with, with you going for a zombie apocalypse here by yourself. Yeah, yeah I mean, they get him first. I'll at least get a little bit away. You'll always be a couple steps ahead. That's good. <laughs> so, my, one of the other stories that I read, and this is more of just like, it, it's so typical. Um, so, the story was on this newspaper here in Ireland called the Irish Times. And it just says, from Monaghan to Hiroshima, an Irishman's diary about his or about the extraordinary life of Danny McGovern. So this guy was a photographer and he was one of the first people to photograph all the bombings and stuff that happened in Hiroshima at the time. And all I thought is we are absolutely everywhere. Irish people, absolutely everywhere, (laughs) where you would think that, Oh, the first person that's going to be in Japan to, to do this. Oh, who's it going to be? It's going to be an Irish lad. Of course it is. Like I said, we are everywhere. It is. It was one of the funnier stories that I saw because I'm like, that's so typical. And to be honest, uh, in his hometown of, it's called Carrick McCross, he mentions a hardware store. And you know what it's called? It's called Dailies. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So so I had to put that in there. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. Just to say, we are pretty much everywhere. So you cannot go anywhere without seeing an Irish person. Those Irish people better be watching the Irish Bear Show because you don't get stories like killer bees, emus on the loose, and (laughs) a dude having to do 30 (laughs) softball games. So look, guys... It has been an absolute pleasure being able to talk Bears football. It's it's not going to get any less busy over the next couple of weeks, especially in the next couple of days. Like I said, if any news does come out, we will do shows on them, whether it be kind of tomorrow, Friday. Well, right now we do not have any plan for the rest of the week. But again, if there is, very, very good. That's a good one there. Boner bees. <laughs> but yeah, look, if... <laughs> Again, it's very, very good. Uh, but if any news does come out that is important, we will hop on. We will do a, a quick live on Thursday or Friday if anything kind of big does happen. Um, I don't suspect there's going to be any crazy stories that happen because we've cr- probably got some of them over the last couple of days. Uh, next week, next Thursday, we will be live. We will be live with Clay Harbour. We, he joined us right before the draft, former tight end. He's a Bears fan, but he... He played all around the league for Jacksonville was one. He actually played with Riley Reef, So that's going to be an interesting one to talk to him about next week as well. So make sure you do and hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you check us out on all our social media platforms. I did mention any of you guys that are Northwestern fans, Nebraska fans, head over to our Twitter page, head over to our Instagram page. There is in the pinned tweets is the competition. So make sure that you do comment on that. For anybody that commented on one earlier, I've sent out a new post anyway, so make sure that you do look at our Twitter post there and do comment under it if you want to be one of the lucky people to get it. We will be announcing winners each and every week. Each person that does win will get a pair of tickets, so make sure that you do check that out. Look, guys, it's been a hell of a show 
for Noel, Adam, Tony, and Corey and myself. We thank you for joining us. And all we can say is until next time, bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Bear down.